know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. The International Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference is the largest and oldest academic conference on human trafficking in the nation. Join us for our 18th annual conference hosted virtually this year on September 22nd through the 24th. You will have the opportunity to learn from and collaborate with thousands of advocates, researchers, experts, and survivors from all over the world. Find out more information and register today on our website, traffickingconference.com. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation episode 110. And this week, I'm going to continue the solo podcast on trauma. This week, I want to talk about trauma treatments. So a lot of us that have had trauma will go to a therapist because we want to heal our trauma. And what we don't understand is that there are specific types of therapists and specific treatment models that we need to know about. Um, And so it's sort of like when you go to a lawyer, I used to think, you know, you go to a lawyer uh, when you have a legal problem. So I I didn't consider the fact that sometimes um, you might need a specific type of attorney For instance, if I invented something, I might need a patent attorney. Or if I want to secure a will, I might hire a probate or a estate planning attorney. Or if I get into trouble, I might need a criminal defense attorney. So it's similar in that there are different types of therapists based on their training and expertise. So there might be social workers and clinical mental health counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists. And so these professionals might have different therapeutic modalities that they use or that they're trained to use. So the first thing, if you have trauma, then you don't want to go to just any therapist. You want to go to a trauma treatment therapist, meaning someone that is trauma-trained, not trauma-informed, but actually trauma-trained. They went to special classes, maybe they're certified, uh, but you want to make sure that this person is specifically trained in how to treat trauma, not someone who tells you, yeah, I've worked with people who have trauma. No, no, no. Somebody who's actually trained in a specific model that they use. So, you know, knowledge is power. So we want to make sure that we ask some questions. Um, What kind of trauma treatment model do you use? How long have you been using it? How many clients uh, have you worked on using this model? Um, Have you had cultural sensitivity training? Are you culturally competent? Uh, What groups similar to mine have you worked with? Asking questions is very important. You are hiring this person, even if your insurance is covering it or Medicaid is covering it. It's still 
uh, important to empower yourself and ask questions and choose the therapist that you fit well with and try the therapy. If it's not working, then try another therapist, try another model. Don't give up. Share with your therapist if you are having more nightmares, more sweats, more triggers, or if you're having less symptoms, be very transparent because that way that person can help you if you tell them what's going on, what your current symptoms, what your past symptoms might be. So let's think about just a few of these models I want to go through. Um, the first one is the triphasic model of trauma treatment. And really in using the triphasic model, the therapist is going to take you through three phases. The first phase is called safety and stabilization. So during this phase, the therapist is going to help you stabilize and become somewhat calm and safe uh, before moving into any discussions or any type of trauma work. The second phase is called trauma memory processing. And that's where you'll work with therapists on your trauma, including your memories and experiences in a safe manner. Now, the third phase is called reconnection. And this is where the therapist helps you gain closure and redefine yourself. So that's the triphasic model. The next model is the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing or EMDR. Uh, for trauma treatment. This is a, ther uh, a therapy where the therapist guides you through a traumatic memory that you have while you're creating a consistent movement. So the therapist will work with you to establish a relationship. And then they'll provide some skills to help you cope with some of your uncomfortable feelings. So they'll do all that first. Then the therapist will have you identify a traumatic memory that causes you distress, uh, possibly even post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. Um, and you'll work together to reprocess that memory. So the therapist asks you to focus on your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, as you remember the situation. Because remember, it's, it's when someone has trauma, they're not remembering something, they're sort of reliving something. So, You'll be asked then to move your eyes back and forth like you do when you're in REM sleep. The therapist is going to stop you and occasionally help you process your emotions and your perceptions. So over time, the intensity of the emotion that you have is lowered, and so is the pain associated with the memory. So when it's time, the therapist is going to help you replace that negative emotion and those thoughts with more appropriate ones. So for example, the therapist might help you replace a feeling of shame and powerlessness with a feeling of strength and empowerment. So replacing a feeling of shame and powerlessness with a feeling of strength and empowerment. So there's really some strong evidence about the effects of EMDR. It's endorsed, for example, by the American Psychiatric Association and the International Society for Traumatic Stress Studies. The next one is called Cognitive Processing Therapy, or CPT, of trauma treatment. So Cognitive Processing Therapy is a 12-session therapy. It helps you process your thoughts related to your trauma. So by changing your thoughts, 
The goal of CPT is to also have your feelings change because you believe on some level that you're to blame for your own victimization that you suffered. And so CPT helps you handle distressing and intrusive thoughts. You learn more helpful ways to think and process your trauma. The goal is really to reduce your symptoms that are related to your PTSD and to get you unstuck and moving forward. I remember a a student I talked to a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kadir Gumas, she's working on her doctoral degree and she talked about trauma to me in a way I thought was interesting. She said, it's like plumbing in your house. It's like when you have a clog and it's stuck, you can you can drop other things on top of it or water or whatever. It's just going to back up. It's just going to stay stuck. And of course, when you first unplug it, it's going to maybe even smell. It's going to stink. It's not going to come out in, in a healthy way. So this kind of uh, cognitive processing therapy helps you get unstuck. So, and this is also endorsed by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and Defense, as well as the International Society of Traumatic Stress Studies. The next type of trauma treatment I want to talk about is prolonged exposure therapy, or PE. So this type of therapy um, is really aimed at those who want to really avoid processing their trauma. So prolonged exposure therapy, or PE, It's typically done over the course of eight to 15 weeks in 90-minute sessions with a trained PE therapist. So the therapist will first educate and teach the client some breathing exercises to kind of manage their anxiety. Then when they're feeling safe enough, they'll begin the exposure. Now, there's two types of exposures that take place, imaginal exposure and in vivo exposure. In imaginal exposure, the client describes the experiences in the present tense. The therapist helps the client process the experience. So the client's description of the event is also recorded so that the client can take it home, listen to it, and process their emotions and practice their breathing exercises. In vivo exposure, homework is given to the client as well. So during the week, the client begins to slowly expose themselves to a feared stimuli, such as people or specific places. And it's only done after the client and the therapist agree on the type of homework that's going to be done. But the client gradually challenges themselves, experiencing success along the way. So that's P.E., The next one I want to talk about is stress inoculation therapy or SIT for trauma treatment. So SIT really teaches you coping skills to manage your stress and anxiety related to the trauma. So there's lots of techniques associated with SIT, including but not limited to role playing, deep muscle relaxation, assertiveness skills, thought stopping, uh, guided self-dialogue breathing exercises, and a bunch of other techniques to help people um, deal with their anxiety and process through their stress or any particular triggers. There's also uh, lots of medications for trauma treatment. And of course, you know, medications alone probably aren't going to do a whole lot 
But sometimes medication in association with a particular trauma treatment therapy is very helpful. So um, you can see if you if you didn't listen to last week's episode about trauma-informed care, go back and listen to that. But there is a big difference between trauma-informed care and trauma treatment. And sometimes when I hear people talking, they they use them interchangeably as if they're the same thing. They are not the same thing. Uh, trauma treatment is very specific. Uh, someone has to be well-trained. They should be a therapist. And it specifically addresses that person's trauma. Whereas trauma-informed care is more broad, it's more general, it's the way that we should interact as agencies and institutions and professionals, the way we should interact with uh, our clientele who may have suffered from trauma. So I hope that clears that up because uh, next week I want to talk about um, something that a survivor, a few survivors have said to me about why why do I keep attracting the same type of person who wants to hurt me, abuse me, sell me, those types of things? Why do I keep attracting that type of person? So I want to talk about that next week. I want to let everyone know that I have created a 12-step program for survivors to work on their recovery. And it's called uh, TNT. Guided 12-step program. TNT means truth and transformations. And I'm going to be revealing that, uh, rolling that out soon. And uh, that's one of the reasons I want to talk about trauma because we we throw around the word trauma all the time. Well, trauma-informed care, we have to be trauma-informed. And we have, but I don't think we realize that when someone has been trafficked or sexually assaulted or exploited or uh, raped, um, experienced domestic violence, those types of traumas, they, they don't heal inside from that trauma unless they have specific treatment, specific tools to help them heal. So we can be, you know, as it, it, we can be awesome advocates. We can increase awareness. We can be great case managers or direct service providers or peer leaders. We can connect our survivors to legal services and social services and healthcare and housing, and we can do all the things. But our survivors may go home and remain broken inside because they still have trauma. Trauma doesn't go away. No matter how much you ignore it, how much you try to bury it, it's still there and the body keeps the score. And so there's a lot of research on what trauma does to us emotionally, psychologically, mentally, uh, what it does physically to our bodies. There's a great uh, book called The Body Keeps the Score. And there's, of course, a great study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, where you can learn all about trauma, even get your trauma score. But what you should know is if we're not helping survivors work through their trauma, then we are closing cases 
thinking we are success because someone was rescued or someone got out of the sex trade because they were victimized while involved. But we're just sending home broken people. You know, we're broken people. So uh, that has been weighing on my mind for a very long time. And so I developed this 12-step program. I'm going to be rolling it out soon. People can be trained to be facilitators. You can be ally facilitators, which are people that are trained to be TNT facilitators. You can be a peer um, facilitator, which is someone with lived experience. You can be professional facilitator, which is someone with a, uh, a master's degree or bachelor's degree. And you can be a therapy facilitator, somebody who's actually a clinical therapist who also wants to run TNT groups. So I'm going to be talking a lot more about that in the weeks to come. But just so you know that this is on the horizon for me, and I'm very excited uh, to be rolling it out. And so you won't have to look around and dig around very deeply to find the answers of how you can help survivors become whole because uh, we figured it out and we will be rolling it out and we will be training people soon. So stay tuned for that. And until then, the fight continues. Let's not just do something. Let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.